the real estate show where we tackle real estate uh, questions. We're going to talk today about the six D's. Uh, welcome aboard, everyone. Um, if it's your first time tuning in, most mornings we uh, get together and yeah, just keep ourselves heading in the right direction when it comes to property investment. And obviously, there are so many different elements to property investment, which uh, yeah, you know, you need to uh, learn as you go through this uh, little uh, concept known as buying real estate, holding real estate, becoming wealthy from real estate. Um, I like working on the wealth trifecta. I like buy and hold real estate. I like a mixture of cash flow or dividend real estate. And I like real estate to speculate in and buy as an armchair developer. Um, all of which are deals. Uh, so buy and hold can be a deal. Uh, cash flow real estate can be a deal. And of course, adding value or creating deals through smaller development is a great way of making money out of real estate. But one of the strategies I think that has worked for me over the years is really the strategy of discounting. Yes, discounting. As simple as it sounds, it can be quite lucrative. Morning, guys. Morning, Pratesh. Melinda, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'll steal probably about five minutes of your time, so hang around. Um, you know, I think one of the, the cool things about real estate is there's always a lot of moving parts. And people often sort of say to me, you know, why would someone be willing to sell a property for less than what it is? And there are sort of some situations which unfold in real estate, which often do occur. Now, right now in the real estate market, the real estate market is rising in value. It's, um, you know, everyone's pretty pumped and buoyant about real estate. So there are less people selling real estate for less than market value than normal. Um, over the years, I've been able to do some incredible deals which have used the concept of discount. I think my biggest discount's been about three quarters of a million dollars I made uh, for a client. And um, that client was all cash. They didn't need funding. They were ready to move on a deal. Um, and sometimes the best discounts are really made if someone is all cash. In other words, they can take out an asset quite quickly um, as such, they're providing a solution to the vendor, the seller. And uh, really, the first of the six Ds which pertain to discount is deadlines. A lot of people in the real estate world, but also um, with their other investments, uh, have deadlines. And quite often, some in uh, people who perhaps own real estate, maybe also own uh, shares where they can get margin called on those shares and often deadlines come into play when it comes to buying real estate. When someone's under a pressure of a deadline, uh, they are often time bound and of course, because they're time bound, they're willing to do a better deal. Now, uh, I was seeing deadline discounting probably, you know, 2017, 16, 17 there was some really good deadline discounting going on. Uh, a lot of that was primarily led by the foreign investment marketplace being unable to settle real estate in Australia, 
we were picking up deals, $100,000 instant equity day one in them from the concept of uh, deadlines. Those foreign investors needed to settle. Uh, The vendor selling them the property wanted them to settle. Um, When they couldn't settle, basically their deposit was reallocated to a new buyer, uh, a local buyer, and instantly a discount through an abatement was made and literally I had uh, customers buying in pockets of Melbourne making uh, $100,000 day one. Now, obviously, these things come in cycles and the longer you're an investor, you know, and the longer you stay in touch as being an investor, uh, these opportunities arise. And I, I know, Pratesh, for example, we were talking about deposit powers, like how hard it is to save a deposit. Well, sometimes using other people's money is a great way. And to use other people's money, deadline discounts are an absolute um, winner. Right now, there isn't so many around, but that's not to say in two years' time, they won't, uh, you know, resurface, so to speak. Uh, the next discount that I often see is developers. Developers are a professional um, investor. They are, are sophisticated. They have a lot of moving parts. And uh, if they need to motivate a property to be sold by offering it at a much cheaper rate for them, they are a wholesaler, not a retailer. And so quite often some really good deals can come through developers um, who are who are fundamentally developing real estate at a much uh, obviously more, more affordable rate for them than the retail marketplace. So developers um, are professionals. Um, they have to move. They've got a lot of moving parts. Sometimes developers, you know, have a thousand team members, thousand staff and contractors that they uh, have working for them. So do you think they're motivated at times to do a deal? And certainly for me, I've done so many deals with um, some really credible brand name developers here in Australia, even publicly listed companies, which leave some money on the table for the next guy and they do it through the form of discounting, which is great, right? This is what what you want if you're in um, the buying mode during that period. Obviously, distress is a big thing um, for many people. Now, real estate marketplaces are equitable, bearable or sustainable. Um, Most of Australia today can bear the cost of the debt of the real estate in the marketplace, but... Uh, certainly into the future, some distress in certain marketplaces will occur. People won't be able to, um, you know, uh, deal with things like inflation or deal with potentially a recalibration of the jobs market. And distress, household stress, comes into the real estate section. And of course, when someone's under a bit of de-stress, they're more willing to offload real estate at a better value. Right now, uh, really, we're not seeing too much distress in the real estate marketplace. 2021 is not a stress real estate marketplace. So doing a deal with someone in distress is hard to find at the moment. That's not to say in three years from now, that won't be a lot easier. And again, as you're building a portfolio, 
quite often, uh, you know, you're making rational decisions around what's in front of you right now. But the cool thing about building wealth from real estate is the real estate market morphs. And as soon as it morphs, maybe your third or fourth chance to get back into the real estate market to buy that next property. So it's uh, it's it's a good um, thing that real estate goes around in cycles and has ups and downs because it actually allows you to build a portfolio. If the market was just rising all the time, um, it is very hard to save deposits to keep up with the rise of real estate. The fact that the real estate market actually goes on different journeys at different times is really good for portfolio building. You can buy real estate. Um, you need less money, obviously, to do it. You can use other people's money, sometimes people in distress's money, and uh, build more assets. That's the that's the beautiful part, right? So um, don't look at uh, you know uh, the marketplace and go, well, you know, geez, I could only ever ever buy two properties. Now it's rising. It will have its day. The you know the ferry captain comes for his ticket one day. Um, the next one is uh, disillusion. Um, I hope I've spelled that right. It doesn't look right. Um, disillusion, dismayed or disgruntled people, right? That This is so common. And I've actually got a podcast coming out next week on the urban property investor um, about human beings and what emotions they go through and how they get disillusioned with real estate. There is around 12 behavioral patterns inside human beings which make them disgruntled. And um, uh, again, a lot of that is just really down to the psychology of people. Uh, There can be absolutely nothing wrong with their real estate, but to them, they absolutely hate it. Uh, To them, it's the worst thing in the world. To them, they are completely dismayed. And when someone is completely disgruntled or dismayed, they will do a deal to get rid of something they hate. And I fundamentally, this one blows my mind that people do this. And again, um, check out next Wednesday's Urban Property Investor and you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. You know, that you've got the gambler, you've got, um, you know, people who follow the herd, you've got all these different psychology uh, principles that affect people and they become uh, disgruntled when it comes to real estate. Nothing like a disgruntled vendor to beat up. And of course, when you find them, they're out there um, and, uh, you know, that's that's just the way it is. And, and I've certainly um, had my fair share of people I've had to coach off the edge of being dismayed. I'm dismayed I'm not rich right now. Uh, you've owned real estate for 24 months and you want to be like retired. Are you like, what planet are you on? And all of a sudden, you know, you can just see that that, that, that all of a sudden people are the problem. Real estate is reliable. If you buy it, you leave it alone. What is not reliable is people. And there are a lot of people disillusioned with real estate and they will sell it at a loss. And it's basically an expectation thing where they're prepared to lose money um, because their expectation wasn't met. And quite often, they have a false sense of what is a real expectation. And uh, for that reason, 
I tell you what, um, it is a cracking way to to get money uh, from the real estate marketplace. The next discount that I use a lot is the uh, the bank. Um, obviously, it's not a D, so we say the bank to make it a six D. That's why we call it the bank. So foreclosures, foreclosures or the mortgagee market uh, is is a pretty good marketplace, and I've done my fair share of mortgagee acquisitions over the years. Uh, a lot of my portfolio has been bought, was bought um, mortgagee in possession. So fundamentally what happens, the uh, administrator or the bank um, appoints administrator if it's a, if it's a sizable asset and uh, they start to look to offload the asset. And again, um, there are sort of two types of foreclosures in my view, which occur in the real estate economy. Uh, there are foreclosures of mum and dad's house in the boonies where they shouldn't have been lent money in the first place. Um, those areas are full of inequality. They're full of people who are basically half a week away from broke constantly. Australia is a have and have not society. First rule of investment, don't lose money. First rule of investment, don't invest where people are already broke because all that's going to happen is uh, your people who who own real estate in that area? As soon as inflation hits, man, they're gonna they're gonna hurt, right? So, uh, why not invest where there is a a good medium level of wealth, and uh, you know hold your investments longer? Because obviously, Australia's distribution of wealth is is fundamentally um, in the upper middle class to wealthier section of the market. Skill level one, two, three, job workers, not skill level four or five job workers. So foreclosures happen. There's two types. There's generally the, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, mum and dad's house, they couldn't pay the mortgage. Um, and basically it gets taken to public auction and sold off. Uh, generally I don't particularly like that one. And the only reason is, um, it's usually in really shit areas to own real estate, which, you know, I don't want to buy someone else's problem. What I prefer is when um, really almost like developers get put mortgagee in possession and they own assets in old established suburbs, uh, really, you know, bluer chip suburbs, if you like, and you can, uh, you know, you pick up some really good deals. Now, you know, probably the last time this came around, to be honest with you, was before the GFC. Before the GFC, there was a lot of foreclosures. Um, GFC kind of almost like saved the Australian property market in a way. You know, we were in 2007, you know, I remember borrowing money at 13% to buy real estate. The interest rates were pretty high. Uh, the average home loan in 2007 was 8% and 9%. You know, today the cash rate is a tenth of 1%. That is beyond belief. Um, so back then there was a lot of foreclosures um, and, you know, you can make obviously a, a you know, pretty good amount of instant wealth if uh, a bank's foreclosing on a, a beautiful asset and offloading it. Um, when the banks do that. Um, obviously, there's two ways they can offload it, one through public auction and the second way through administrators. Um, and back then, I did a lot of work with uh, administrators, Hall Chadwick, Grant Thornton, Ernst & Young, 
um, Quartamenta, all of these companies were basically uh, in charge of uh, you know the 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 foreclosure. So yeah, they do happen, um, and they will continue to happen. And I keep an eye out for them if they are around. Again, I'm not a big fan of uh, you know mum and dad's house in the boonies. Like to me, I don't want to own that shit. So um, I don't you know run after it. But if it's a real quality asset, um, you know we buy well when that time comes. And, uh, you know, for example, I guess, you know, a uh, few of us in the program, a um, uh, few of us in the program, you know, were buying, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars below value the last time those um, serious foreclosures came around, which is pretty cool. Uh, thanks, Pratesh. Yeah, 50 episodes. Um, you know, if it was a little cricket. Thing, I'd uh, put my bat up. I'm got my 50 on my way to 100. Uh, so yeah, thanks very much. Uh, and then really, the, the final D uh, is this idea of something dissolving. And uh, you know, sadly, you know, obviously deaths happen. Um, there's, there's uh, you know, more uh, uh, you know, deceased estates and things like that. And of course, dissolving things like divorce. Um, divorce is obviously a catalyst to motivate people to sell. And also you do get, um, you know, companies dissolve, companies own assets and um, dissolve all the time. In fact, if we look at the numbers on the screen, um, this is something I'm working on at the moment for everybody. This is a company dissolving, basically wants to finalize their assets, move them to the market, distribute them um, out to the market so they can distribute their profits. And uh, this is some real estate they've owned um, for uh, a couple of years and they've got 15 properties left, right? And uh, the properties, are, I think, are really good value. However, because they are dissolving what they're doing, they are basically in need of a faster turnaround time uh, than what is typically available by showing properties for three, four, five weekends. Um, and then when you've got 15 of them, um, that could be a lot of weekends. So for them, they want a resolution. They want to resolve something. That's what dissolving is, to resolve something. So their motivation is resolution. And um, you can see my offer price here. Um, I'm basically 8% below market value. So something worth 500. I've put in my offer, which is accepted at 460. Um, I've, you know, if we go to 23, for example, my offer is 530. And uh, sorry, the, the asset value is 530. And my offer for 87. So it's an 8% discount in a rising market. So if the um, if the market goes up, you know, fundamentally, I don't know, 6%, uh, and we're getting an 8% discount, well, that's, you know, potentially looking into the future, perhaps a year, year and a half from now, that's maybe a 14% gain um, if we looked at it that way and 
you know, looked at it against the rise of the market, which is occurring at the moment. So just a, just a little, a uh, few little tips there. Um, and, uh, you know, don't underestimate the six Ds and, uh, you know, make sure like, you know, I know many of you are in the mentoring program and stuff like that, which is great. The mentoring program is designed really for, for people to go through these cycles, to be honest with you, and acquire assets. And trust me, you will acquire more assets. If you feel a bit undernourished with your asset base at the moment, do not fear. I guarantee you two years from now, um, there will be you know, someone or something that pops up which is driven around cycles moving in different directions. Um, it doesn't mean that buying in a rise is any different to buying in a discount. If anything, you buy in the rise and then you rebuy um, when the market is uh, softer and you've got less equity. Uh, so just a little tip for you um, and hopefully, uh, yeah, you guys uh, enjoyed that conversation today. Might um, punch out some of this stuff in the Urban Property Investor as well. Tune in to next week's Urban Property Investor and you will hear about dismayed or the disillusion of, uh, of people inside the real estate and why that actually creates a discount for people. All right. Uh-huh.